Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey, welcome everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. We have an interesting lineup of guests today. And I think you're going to want to get a notepad and uh, uh, something to write with today because we're going to talk to some really brilliant people. Uh, My first guest today is going to be Barry Seaton of the Seaton Law Group. And Barry specializes in intellectual property and business law. And uh, especially what we're going to talk about today is protecting and exploiting your intellectual property assets the smart way to maintain their value. So let's jump right into it. I don't want to leave you hanging. Barry, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, uh, glad to be here. Barry, it's really a pleasure to have you with us. We've talked a lot offline. We're both a member of a group called Provisors. It's full of brilliant and dedicated professionals here in and around Orange County. And I've always liked uh, talking with you because you have some interesting stories and some interesting angles. So before we get into the meat of the matter here, let's talk about you. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background and how you got into this uh, area of the law. Sure. Um, well, uh, let's see. My background is as a transactional attorney uh, with a specialization in um, IP and entertainment. And uh, I was on the legal staff of a, of a Hollywood entertainment company and general counsel for a video game developer publisher. And uh, I wanted to return to private practice to help companies that needed a business attorney for their contracts, but one experienced in IP law that also had the technology experience and also one experienced in some of these creative industries that I mentioned that we work with. Um, my, my company, Seton Law Group, is a, is a boutique law firm. We specialize in IP and business law, and we represent uh, innovative business owners with the protection and commercial use of their brand and IP assets. Our clients are any person or company that's an innovator and needs to protect their brands and do business transactions with their creative assets. And we do a lot of uh, work for companies in uh, the media and other creative businesses, uh, including video games, music, publishing, entertainment, art, toys and games, social media, e-commerce. But really, it could be any innovative company that needs to protect their IP and does business using those assets. So, see, listeners, I told you it was going to be fun. This is this is the interesting and I think I think fun side of the law, uh, Barry. You've you've uh, you've hit on some things here. We're we're in a hotbed of intellectual property, and a lot of owners uh, may not be sure if they have intellectual property. Of course, others are are very sure that they do because they're in the software businesses and that type of a thing. But Let's clarify a couple things. What are a business owner's different kinds of intellectual property assets? 
Sure. Uh, well, first, uh, that's, uh, that's common to all businesses and very important is their brand. And by brand, I don't mean their corporate name, but, uh, which can be the same as their brand, but not necessarily, but it's really the name under which they market their products or services. And uh, so uh, uh, very important to make sure uh, before uh, a company starts out and makes a lot of investment in their brand, uh, or even if it's an ongoing business, to make sure that, uh, they, uh, that their brand is available for them to use and uh, they've protected it, uh, and uh, they have the right to, to use it in their, you know, for their products and services. You don't want to get uh, some kind of, you don't want to have some problem down the line with someone claiming that uh, uh, they, they own the name and you don't have the right to use it and have to, you know, change that. Uh, other thing uh, that's very important, at least in my area, is, um, uh, you know, uh, copyrights. And that could be, you know, um, uh, I, I know people use the term patent interchangeably to kind of refer to all these things, the names and all the creative things, but it's really important to distinguish. Trademarks are the brands. Uh, copyrights are actually um, the rights that uh, the bundle of rights that uh, cr uh, any kind of creator has in uh, some kind of creative thing that is set forth in some kind of tangible medium. Uh, so in my area, it could be a TV show, a film, a video, a photograph. Uh, uh, for people not in the creative areas, it could be just something like uh, uh, the. Um, uh, the uh, look look of their website, the text uh, manuals, um, uh, things that they've written, uh, any kind of creative thing that they've actually set forth in some kind of fixed work. Um, of course, uh, I'm not a patent attorney, but uh, there's patents uh, that, that are more technical in nature. They have to do more with uh, mechanical and scientific inventions. And then the uh, sort of poor stepchild is, uh, uh, because you can't actually register these things, are things known as trade secrets. And trade secrets are companies highly valuable confidential and proprietary processes or procedures that the company that give that gives that company its competitive advantage over its competitors um, and that they they, they uh, take efforts to uh, uh, keep confidential now all of the things that you've mentioned I, I rarely look at a at a business owner's financial statements and see brand name as an asset on their uh, on their balance sheet Right, but we all know that a uh, brand name can be very, very valuable uh, in the marketplace, uh, and you know, so a lot of people um, don't don't think about you know, you know, I've spent thirty years building up my reputation, and it's it's easy for me to get work in my space because I have a good reputation and a good brand, and people will will throw me work that they might not throw to somebody else who doesn't have an established brand and it's very important to protect those types of assets so how does a business owner go about protecting its ip assets to create and maintain that value Sure. Well, with respect to the brand name, which you mentioned, uh, it's very important uh, at the very beginning, uh, before you invest uh, a great deal in your brand when you're first starting out, is to uh, uh, have work with uh, an intellectual property professional, an attorney, uh, to do a, a trademark search and make sure there's nobody else that's uh, already using the brand for the uh, same or similar products or services as your company. Um, and then uh, with trademarks, you can actually... Uh, get statutory protection 
uh, that will give you exclusive rights throughout the U.S. to use your trademark uh, and prevent others from using it uh, for your, your particular products and services by filing a U.S. Uh, trademark application with the U.S. Trademark Office. And um, uh, uh, once you have that registration, that allows you to, uh, number one, to defend against claims of, 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 uh, of infringement of the trademark by you and prevent you from using it, but also, also allows you to uh, uh, you know, take action and prevent others from infringing your brand. Uh, trademark and a trademark registration is good for 10 years and then it's renewable at the, at the uh, end of that. Uh, as far as copyrights, uh, something uh, kind of similar in terms of your creative works, your written materials, your video, your audio, things like this, uh, your recordings. Um, you can, there's uh, it's statutory protection as well. You can file a you can you can have somebody do a copyright search to protect the copyright. Uh, make sure uh, it, it's available uh, and that no one else uh, has already uh, created that work. And then you can actually file a federal copyright action with the uh, copyright office to protect the work. And uh, kind of gives you sort of those same rights that I mentioned with respect to trademark. Uh, the thing with copyrights is uh, copyright registration. It's actually less expensive and easier to to file than a um, trademark application, and it gives you a lot longer protection. Uh, the Congress decided this because it's trying to encourage uh, creators to create these innovative works, and so. Um, uh, in the case of most works, you get protection for the life of the author plus 70 years, or in the case of works made for hire, uh, you get even longer protection. So um, uh, uh, with, with respect to patents, we talked about, uh, um, you know, uh, you, you, there's also statutory framework for that, but uh, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, the other thing, uh, the other thing that, that's probably not talked about but is very important is making sure that you're, uh, when you're having work done by your employees or your outs or outside contractors that you have the proper contracts in place to make sure that be because it's really important to understand that the author of a work actually owns a work under copyright law. So unless you have uh, some kind of uh, setup that it's an employee doing it within the scope of the employment um, or a, a written agreement between the employer and the employee or with the independent contractor saying that the, uh, that the employer actually owns the work, um, it, uh, it, it, it may not be necessarily so. So that's important. Um, there's NDAs can also protect, uh, you know, intellectual property, making sure confidentiality agreements with third parties, you're disclosing your ideas. Um, we know about domain registrations and I talked about trade secrets earlier, very important to keep those confidential to maintain their, uh, legal protection. There's a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. there, I mean, yeah. it, a lot of people think, well, I'll just, you know, I, I search and find a, a URL for a website and then I go to, you know, to my uh, printer and I print some cards up and I'm in business. But if you go too far down that road, it can be very costly uh, to to be both unwind that if you have to or defend that, as you say. Um, so is the first step, uh, like you said, uh, work with someone like yourself, for instance, that would that it helped do a, a very thorough search and make sure that you're not too uh, you're not infringing on somebody else's work uh, and. and uh, if if you are, I mean, if you wanted to to uh, create a business that was similar to someone, that's okay. It's just as long as it doesn't emulate it. How much how much do big companies go after small companies to protect their their uh, their brand names or their trademarks or things like that? Does it happen a lot these days? 
Uh, yeah, it actually uh, happens quite a bit, especially in my area, because I do do a, uh, a, a lot of work for companies. Uh, I mentioned entertainment companies and media companies where IP is their sole business. It's their bread and butter. They don't do anything else. They don't manufacture. They don't distribute, they don't distribute products uh, unless they're their entertainment uh, products. And so IP is really the, the whole business. And uh, uh, it's very important. They're pub, uh, some of these companies are very big. They're public companies. They have to worry about the value of their assets and their shareholders and so forth. And so even though um, there may be just a small fish out there, um, uh, they're very uh, aggressive, actually, about protecting their uh, – uh, they, they, and they have a whole legal staff, some of these bigger companies, that are actually out there um, scouring the marketplace, scouring the Internet and so forth uh, to uh, make sure that uh, there aren't uh, people out there that are uh, possibly uh, lowering the value or diluting uh, their uh, brands and their IP um, or, or, uh, or by uh, delaying – uh, actually, a, a copyright owner, by delaying to take action against somebody, can actually be waiving certain rights to take action against them. And so um, they're almost in a position where their hands are forced to actually take action. So it's quite common. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, like you said, there's some companies that their IP is their everything, and they, they really need to take action to, to protect those types of things. So uh, I have one more question for you. How does a business owner properly do business with their IP assets to maintain their value? Yeah, and this is very important. So, uh, Bill, I would tell you that probably about 90% of what I do is uh, 10% of it is the IP protection area, which we were just talking about. But being a business uh, transactions attorney, um, most of my clients uh, are looking to me to actually uh, help them with, uh, they, they own intellectual property, maybe they protected it, maybe they haven't, but at the point they have, uh, they now want to do business with it. And it's really important to work with an IP attorney and also an attorney who understands the, uh, the, the, the industry in which they're trying to do business with their IP. And um, so uh, uh, if, if uh, a lot of people who are uh, doing business with their intellectual property uh, are having something developed based on their intellectual property by a third party, they're licensing it out to a third party for some reason, or they may actually be licensing in rights uh, from some third party uh, that actually helps them uh, conduct their business. And so it's really important to have an IP attorney involved so that uh, – uh, and, 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 and a business transaction attorney that understands IP uh, so that it's very clear, you know, exactly what rights you're transferring out the way you want to transfer them out. Are you, are you selling them? Are you just licensing them for a certain period of time without actually transferring ownership? How long are you licensing them for? Exactly what are you licensing them for? And um, it's very important. There's, there's many issues that go into uh, these contracts regarding IP, some of that I've mentioned, and uh, uh, others, others you know, brief, to briefly touch upon are things like how are you being compensated for licensing your IP? There's many different mechanisms for doing that and making sure you know, how and when do you receive that. Very important to business owners. What approval rights do business owners have in these contracts? Is it very clear with respect to who owns the IP and what rights the other person has? Uh, termination rights, remedies for breach of contract, 
representations and warranties and indemnification that an owner of intellectual property is uh, normally required to give and normally required to cover the other party in terms of infringement. And there's, there's several others. So these are very important issues, and they all involve an understanding of the IP. So it's very important to... Uh, to have a, a transactional lawyer that understands IP, and, and a, as I said, the actual industry and the norms of, and, and, and trade practices of the industry that the owner is working within. There again, a lot to think about, Barry, and, and you're giving us some great ideas and tips, and I was wondering if you could share a success story, maybe someone that you've worked with and how you've helped a client or a customer along the way. Sure. Um, you know, uh, in, a, a biz- in my business, uh, a lot of uh, people come to me uh, where they, um, uh, they uh, are already in business, they've already been, been doing business, um, and, uh, but they are having some kind of issue with their IP in terms of uh, co- contracts uh, uh, that they've done with their IP, uh, where they didn't necessarily use an IP lawyer, or um, they didn't uh, properly protect their IP and so forth. So a lot of, I get a lot of clients that come to me in sort of a distress situation. It's easy if a client comes to me at the very beginning and says, hey, you know, we're just starting out, we need to make sure we're doing things properly, and I can really help a client, obviously, in that situation because we can create a, a strategy at the very beginning. But, um, for instance, uh, a couple stories is I had a client that came to me that uh, thought they owned a piece of software that was very critical to the operation of their business. Uh, turns out that the contract actually said that they had just uh, licensed the software and had a limited use of it for a certain period of time. They didn't actually own the software such that they could sell the company um, you know, at, with the software as part of an asset and use it for uh, how, uh, uh, however long they wanted, for whatever they wanted it with. So in that situation, what I was able to do was evaluate the situation for the client and uh, actually negotiate uh, with the owner of the software uh, to get my client the rights that it actually needed to, uh, um, to be able to, to, to own, have a joint ownership interest in the software and be able to actually use it. Um, another another uh, uh, issue was uh, I had a client that was using um, uh, a, tr- a trademark for you know one of the one of the Lucas Star Wars trademarks and again Lucas is one of those companies that very aggressively protects their uh, uh, IP and they were using this trademark for one of their computer games. Uh, I was able to talk to this company. Uh, this we got we got kind of a cease and desist letter. I was able to talk to the company um, and negotiate some kind of an agreement that allowed my client number one to avoid uh, a, a big legal battle and against a big company, uh, but also allow them to be able to use their trademark, uh, you know, in a comfortable way that the the other side was comfortable with, but also allowed my client to continue to. It had already it already had this game out. It had already uh, expended a lot of marketing dollars and so forth. It would have been a big deal to change the name but uh, allowed them to uh, be able to do this. So again, probably the most important thing there to realize is if those clients had come to me from the beginning, had probably been able to get them, you know, avoid those situations, but I'm also able to work with clients uh, that are, have gotten themselves into a situation like that to try to uh, uh, allow them to kind of uh, uh, you know, solve a problem and continue with their business. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier something that I've seen pretty uh, regularly out there where people might have a, some kind of a process or routine that software that they have someone put together that is working for them, and maybe they, they think that because that person's working for them that they own that 
the rights to that software, but maybe there was no kind of a written agreement or, or you know, an underst- a different understanding between the person who's actually writing the code or putting together the work and, and the employer who rightfully right. you would think would own it. So wh- what kind of tips or ideas or precautions could you give our listeners in situations like that? Sure, and that goes uh, back to what I was saying about um, it's very important if you're a company that's uh, an, uh, creating that's an innovator and you're creating uh, uh, you know innovative products and services and uh, that are going to have uh, that are going to be an invaluable IP asset to the company. Important that you own that uh, for purposes of um, valuation of the company, eventually selling the company. Um, and those sort of things. Um, it's uh, and and just to, just to operate your business. It's very important to make sure that um, uh, that uh, employees uh, that are uh, working uh, for your company uh, that things that they're actually doing within the scope of their employment that you've actually that they're that they're hired to do and are doing as part of that uh, that they are. Um, that those things are uh, actually uh, owned by the employer. Uh, you don't want any kind of argument by the employee that maybe they did this on their own time or this really wasn't the scope within the scope of their employment. So you really want a clear agreement with employees that, uh, uh, that this thing is uh, a work for hire is the terminology uh, and, um, and also a kind of a belt and suspenders approach. Uh, the written agreement would say if for whatever reason a court or someone else should determine that this thing isn't a work for hire that the employee actually assigns it to the employer and that's very important um, to make sure that uh, no matter what happens if 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 by law it's not deemed to be a work for hire then uh, it's assigned to the employer the employer owns it Um, and uh, 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 as far as what I mentioned earlier with uh, things that employee creates within the scope of uh, the employment being owned by the employer by law, that doesn't go with respect to independent contractors. So when you're using outside companies that are not employees of yours, very important to have this uh, agreement. Uh, Number one, if it's uh, an and this is why you need an IP attorney, because uh, certain types of works with independent contractors are deemed to be works for hire under the law, and certain ones aren't. So again, we could either we can number one call it a work for hire, but if it if it isn't necessarily a work for hire, we want to make sure that anything that an independent contractor creates during the scope of the engagement is owned by the employer, and make sure that's all uh, contractually documented. It's it's kind of technical, and so it's important to make sure um, to make sure that, uh, that 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 that's all in writing and uh, and uh, all buttoned up. Barry, you gave me so many great tips. I, I took a page full of notes here, and I hope our listeners did too. And I want to tell our listeners they can they should give you a call. You know, if they have a, if you have a question about your IP, give Barry Seaton a call or check out his website. I'm going to give you the website first: bcslaw bcslaw.com. And uh, they can also give you a call that looks like at nine four nine four four zero three two one seven. Nine four nine four four zero three two one seven. Give Barry a call. He'll talk to you on you know for briefly at no charge and tell you whether you're on the right track or whether you really need to uh, get things moving in the right direction by using uh, Seton Law Group. So Barry, I, I really want to thank you. This was a fascinating in- interview, and I really want to thank you for coming on today and sharing all your great tips with our listeners. 
Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to do so. And again, I really appreciate what you're doing, Bill. I think this is great uh, advice that you're giving to business owners uh, with respect to exit and just uh, uh, generally speaking with their business. So thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So please stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. One of the questions I get asked the most is, how do I grow the value of my business? I'm so busy working in it, I need to work on it. So we've created a special report for you on 10 tips to grow the value of your business. Just text the word DRIVERS to 44222 to get a special free report right to your inbox. That's DRIVERS to 44222. Text DRIVERS to 44222. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 